Hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode 31 of Talk of Fame Podcast. I'm Kylie. Today we have on the wonderful actress and assistant director, Mallory Ivy. Thanks for coming on, Mallory. It's, I'm so happy to have you on. Thank you so much for having me, Kylie. It's great to be here. Of course. So over the last two years, we've been in isolation. And what is something I did over the last two years, two years that we had had time to do before? Um. A lot of things. Um, you know, when you're not working, you have a lot more free time to explore hobbies that you never thought you would do before. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest thing for me was just um, getting to learn and actually dive into my craft. And I started learning Russian because I thought that would be, I love languages and Russian was one that I always wanted to learn, but knew uh, learning Cyrillic was going to be really difficult, learning the alphabet. And with uh, no job, <laughs> I had a lot more time on my hands to really dive into it. So um, yeah, I picked that up, took a, a lot of classes, uh, got to meet a lot of people, you know, Zoom um, really opened the doors to uh, a whole other world of possibilities. So I loved, I loved having some time off. <laughs> yeah, me too. Like for everyone, this is like a whole free time since we can go outside, we can always stay indoors. And we couldn't do nothing. Like, I didn't know what to do with myself. Like, we were in quarantine. So I learned a language as well. Because I was, like, bored. And oh, I cool. I, I learned, um, what was it, French, I believe. I was learning French, I believe. I love that. So I also speak French. Uh, je parle français assez bien. <laughs> oh, my God. What, what did you say? Uh, I speak French pretty well. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, I have, are you kind of fluent in Russian too, or are you just kind of starting to learn that? Still starting to learn. Like I'm probably more towards like an A1, A2 fluency right now. Um, it's definitely touch and go because <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll do, I have a really great spurt of studying every single day and then work will hit and then I'll forget to study and then I'll lose a lot of my vocabulary. Um, so I hope to be better about it. That's one of my New Year's resolutions is to be yeah, better. That's how I am. <laughs> yeah, that's how I am. Sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this every single day. Then a couple days later, I'm like, well, but I didn't do that. So yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> and so like, since we had like a lot of free time lately, is there any kind of shows or movies that you kind of binge watch? They may or oh may not God. see so many. <laughs> what have I not seen? Uh, I guess the most memorable ones that I've been binge watching, does it have to be within like 2020 or does it also include 2021? Um, you, can, you can use 2021, either one. Okay. Um, I, I guess like the ones that stick out to me um, is like Dead to Me, Ozark, um, I watched all of Ratchet in one night, the miniseries with Sarah Paulson. Oh, really? <laughs> I loved it. I really liked this dark um, psychosis sort of um, shows. So I really, I really loved how um, that whole show went um, and just how uh, involved she was with that character. Um, Lupin, I've been watching a lot of. Um, I'm really behind on Call My Agent, but I've been kind of watching that when I need something a little bit more lighthearted. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? What have you been watching? Oh, there was a many that I can't keep track. Right. <laughs> like I'm starting to watch Grey's Anatomy now. Like I watched whole <gasps> season eleven. I'm at now like I started in August and now yeah. I'm like Grey's Fanatic. I can't that's yeah. the only thing I talk about nowadays is Grey's Anatomy. Mm-hmm. The first show I watch it all day every day. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. 
you've started down the rabbit hole. Like I, when I, I started watching Grey's when I was in college and I told myself a certain season I was going to stop at because I knew I was going to be so obsessed. <laughs> so I'm so behind. I haven't watched, I think it's like season 11 or season 13 that I actually stopped. So I'm very behind. Yeah. And I'm on like seasons. I just started season seven, like last week. <gasps> so I'm like, Ugh. I literally oh. was so, I was literally sobbing like the end of season five or the season six. I was like sobbing. I'm like, oh, why did he do this to me? Why am I watching this? Like, oh yeah. You hate yourself at the end of every single episode thinking, why did I do this to myself? Why? Why am I watching a, another episode of just tragedy? And then you want to watch more. Like you, yeah. you do it to yourself. <laughs> yeah. And I've also been watching, what is it called? Um, Bobby Kennedy for president. I just finished that. Um, it's What's about that? Bobby Kennedy. It's about okay. like the Kennedys, like their, their lives. And it's mostly about like Robert Kennedy, Bobby Kennedy, they call him Bobby. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of about his life. I just finished that. It's really good. It's on Netflix. It's really good. Like, I'm, I just finished it. I love basically all those history, like, true stories and all that. Basically, I do all those stuff. Mm, yeah, like, I basically, like, I, what, was, what was that? You might like The Great. It's on Hulu. I, I never heard of it. I look at it. And so I've been binging Patrick Dempsey movies also. Oh, that makes sense. You thought <laughs> Mac, look, who, who doesn't love Patrick Dempsey? Like, I mean, right. Patrick Dempsey is one of my biggest idols. Like, he's reason, one reason why I do this. So I was like, why not? Let's, let's watch all of his movies or whatever. Why not? That's, you know, mm -hmm. I'm literally don't, I didn't show you. I showed you an example of how much I watch Patrick Dempsey. So, <laughs> like, when I came upstairs, when my mom came upstairs, she walked in the room. I was watching, like, one of his movies or shows. I honestly can't remember what I was watching. And she looked and she was like, What are you watching? And I was like, Oh, this movie or whatever. And he's like, Oh, oh wow, you're doing this again. <laughs> oh my gosh. I have a lot of free time, so what use it? Right, right. It's studying, mom. <laughs> yeah, it's studying. Yeah, I gotta learn. This is the way of learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you like somebody's work, I think it's a it's one of the greatest honors is to continue watching what they do and see how they've grown in their career and all that. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So as we're kind of talking about television and that like that, as I kind of mentioned before, you're an actress and assistant director. What made you want to kind of start doing that? Um, yeah, assistant directing kind of fell into my lap after my first gig. I was a stand-in in my first gig, and then um a friend of mine was I, I want to say Leah was directing, or I think it, she was directing the short. Um but essentially she kind of just threw me in as a PA and she's like, Hey, like you'll, you'll do really well in this. Like if you want to continue in the industry, this is a great way to just get your feet wet and continue working. And, uh, so I, I liked PAing and, uh, got a better idea of what filming is and how things work behind the camera. And then, uh, I was supposed to learn on another feature that Leah was working on, um, it was called it's just a game i was supposed to start as an electric so rigging lights things of that nature and they needed an ad and leah's like nope mallory's gonna be a great ad just go for it and i had never done anything like that i had no clue what it entailed and essentially was just thrown into the water to swim um and i absolutely loved it it, it takes a lot of organization it takes um a lot of balancing different hats and um I 
that was my second crew job and I really haven't, I try to take on as much AD work as I possibly can um, when it comes to crew stuff, just because I like being in that seat of overseeing things and making sure things are running smoothly. And um, I feel more comfortable in that position than <laughs> anything else. Yeah. Like, did he just kind of push you in and be like, hey, you're doing this. I don't care what you say. They got to push you in. Right. No. Yeah. 100%. Um, it, it was really thrown into my lap. And they're like, you're ADing now. And I said, what? What do you mean? They're like, no, you're ADing now. Somebody, somebody said that you'd be a great AD. And I said, who? And it's Leah Hudsmith. Uh, Leah. <laughs> So um, like, okay. I, I was really frustrated in the moment. And I was very thankful in the end. Yeah, you're like, at first you're probably like, I'm screwed. I don't want to do this. Very, very. I was terrified, mortified. And of course, like you can't, you can't say that to the director that's hiring you. And so I'm going on Google and researching, like, what does an AD do? <laughs> what are, what's the role of an AD? And you know, I've seen ADs work. And I reached out to um, some of the ADs that I had worked with. They're like, hey, like, do you have any advice? <laughs> like, what? How do I make sure that this goes as well as it possibly can? Um, and of course, like everyone that I ever reached out to was so so supportive. And um, the whole DGA community is incredible. Um, but it is a lot of hard work. And I think one day it'll give me a heart attack. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So I've kind of transitioned lately into um, production coordinating, which is a little bit different. Um, it, it's just a little bit more different tasks. And I like that a little bit more than ADing, honestly. Um, but there's they're each different in their own way. They're, they each keep a set running as best as they can. So it's lovely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how I was, like, because, yeah. like, like, at every, like, I, for the last couple of years, people always mentioned to me, like, my family, especially, Gabby, great journalists, and tell you everything going on in the industry, sports, in terms of everything, and mm -hmm. they'd be like, Kylie, you be a great journalist, I'm like, all right, never took, I never took it seriously, but okay, thanks for the compliment, and so, like, I was, I was a very, um, scared, shy kid anxiety and depression battling and mm -hmm. so I was kind of scared because I was a very shy kid I was like how is a shy kid supposed to do a podcast like how is because you're supposed to be very talkative like how am I supposed to do that and so during the, the pandemic I kind of grown my grown out of my comfort zone and all those things took care of myself since there's a lot of times I did a lot of things I could try to keep myself entertained and mm -hmm. so like when I in April last year, I was like, "Why not just do this? Like, why not? Like, like it is." What's the worst that can happen? Yeah, seriously, right? it's it wasn't that happening. So you don't like it, you don't have to do it again. That's the worst possibility. Right. Like, and then like now I'm still doing this uh, almost a year later. I'm like, it's pretty better, really. I love it. I think, and that's the best thing. And like the boldest thing, like props to you for really like jumping off the cliff and saying, you know what, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm going to listen to the advice of everyone and believe in myself and trust my gut and go for it and do something that's out of my comfort zone and then keep at it, which is incredible because you are doing something that is awesome, that people do love. People love talking to you. You're an incredible personality. So that's incredible. And I'm so proud of you. Thanks so much. I mean, so much. And I was like, I was like a nervous wreck doing this. And so I was like, how is a, like, I started when I was 14. So I'm thinking that now, but I started when I was 14. And so I was like, 
how is how is a 14 year old girl living in a small town in Pennsylvania gonna do this like how like I like what do I do like what do I use like what do I do to prepare and I have no mm -hmm. idea so I usually went to my sister's house make care and she does all those thyroid healing stuff she's very good with that and all those things and I was like Kara what do I do you know I just <laughs> what I do mm-hmm and so I was trying to ask her advice. I was like, I couldn't stop asking questions. I'm like, Kara, what what do you want me to do? How do you want me to name my account? Like, what do you want me to do? And she basically made the account for me and did yeah. all the work for me when I first started. So I was like, luckily I have my sister with me, so I can be like, I need, I get some advice and her help me out. You know what I mean? Right. I also have two journalists in my family from a local news station. That's kind of where. My, it's kind of like a gene a little bit, like, a, yeah. like for family. So I was like, at least I have some people in my family that can just watch the news sometimes and get some inspiration when I need it or something. That's awesome. And so like you played a role in the movie Survivor Girls. Was that right? Yes. What was your experience doing that? Crazy. <laughs> um, we, it was, so we started Survivor Girls. If I'm remembering correctly, we started in 2019 um, and then the pandemic cut it off. Uh, so we had to split it into two legs and we just wrapped in October of this year, if I'm remembering correctly. And it was just a whole whirlwind of an experience. Um, but I loved it, like to this day, probably one, I hate to say what my favorite experiences because I get on a set and I'm like, oh my goodness, like I love this character, I love this crew, I love everyone. Um, but definitely one of the most unique experiences I've ever had. It's uh it was a set of so many women um led it was a very like women-led film, uh, which was the intention. And for that it was just so supremely powerful um and led by like our fearless leader uh, Daniel Bamberg and uh, Tabitha Boyd and they were just so supportive of the creative process that like it, it was just a tremendous gift um, and all of us we all got sick on set one time um, I accidentally snorted apple cider vinegar through my nose and <laughs> just that made me sick and then um, I heard like we, we went through so much stuff um, together that like we really became a family by the end of it and um i like i cannot we have a group chat together and i cannot wait to see the that family again so oh, I love it. tremendous experience yeah i'm very excited for it to come out um we have a trailer dropping uh i want to say january 21st oh really yeah watch daniel bamberg listen to this and be like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um there's no spoiling like yeah, I think it's, I think the trailer comes out January 21st is like our official, like big trailer. So I'm very yeah. excited for that. Yeah, I'm so excited to watch it. But like, what made you come with the idea of spitting apple cider vinegar? I don't know. So what made you <laughs> So I blame it. I blame it on Daniel Bamberg. Um, he was our director. He, he had the idea to put all of the female leads into a cabin together, which putting six I think it was six of us, six women into a cabin together. It's going to be chaos, right? It was wonderful. It was absolutely wonderful. We all got along together, which says a lot about his casting. But I don't know what inspired it. It was either Ariana Livingston or um, Laura. 
had the idea of us taking shots of apple cider vinegar. I don't know why. I don't I don't know why we thought that was going to be delicious. But we did and um most of everyone I think like diluted it or did something to it. But I took it straight. But then somebody said something. It was probably Alicia. Um said something that made us all laugh and I just couldn't help it. And it just came right out my nose. <laughs> it was, it was horrible. It was like first day of set. And so I'm just coughing up a lung and I was like, you sound really bad. What's going on? Don't worry about it. <laughs> just, you know, snorted some apple cider vinegar up my nose. So <laughs> yeah, it goes down in history as the grossest moment of my life. For sure. That would be, if I ever did that, I'd be like, okay, I'm screwed. People are going to oh. use this against me one these days so I get into a fight. Right. No, yeah. I will never, never touch apple cider vinegar again. <laughs> I wouldn't either. I don't blame you. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have anyone that you look up to in the industry as like an actress or like an assistant director? Oh my gosh. So many people. Um, yeah. So many people. I think just really... Um, there's a lot of people that I look up to and a lot of it comes down to like, of course, there's a lot of people that um, you would say like, oh, they're a wonderful actor and da, 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 da. Um, but I think for me, what it comes down to is, of course, talent and, and the what they put into their work, but also who they are as a person outside of their work mm -hmm. and what they do when they're not on set. Because um, especially like, you know, your A-listers, your B-listers, they're working a lot. Um, yeah. They have a lot on their plate. They're going set to set back to back um, and burning the candle at both ends. So what they do with that time outside of that is very, very precious. And so for somebody to give back to a community um, or feel very passionately about um, something like about the homeless community, or um, I know like Scarlett Johansson um, has gone out to help with like the Jane Goodall Institute, mm -hmm. um, things of that nature, like people that really give back, um, and still have time or find time to still love on the world around them. I think that is an actor that I look up to. Um, and then of course, like love their family because, you know, mental health is really important and taking care of their own mental health is really important too. So an actor that um, Zach Levi spoke at, uh, was it San Diego con? That like, of course, people are wanting to ask him questions like, oh, like, tell us about your career. And he's like, hey, let's talk about mental health. I, th I think that's wonderful. Like that's an actor that I look up to is, is somebody that will, um, do, do more than just the work, um, and, and that enjoys their job too. So that's a long rambling answer, but. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. Like I would say exactly way. Like I dealt with, um, many things from mental health. My, once quarantine started, my mental health went a toll from, it went from up here to down here. And mm -hmm. so in last year, no, was it last year? Like maybe in late 2020, I would say. Mm -hmm. And like my anxiety got bad. I started, in, I had anxiety my entire life. Like I had this since oh. I was a kid. Like since I came from my parents, my mom has and my sister has it. So it's kind of genes a little bit. And so yeah. my daddy got really bad. I got diagnosed with depression and anxiety disorder. It was that bad. I used to call myself to sleep at night. And mm -hmm. so like I was a mess I it was a worst like it was the worst thing I ever had experienced in my life like I never experienced anything tougher than that 
And so yeah. it was that, like a big toll on me that I really wanted to end my life because it was that bad. Yeah. And I didn't tell anyone I wanted to. I wasn't going to, but I kind of kind of wish I did. I never told anyone I was with myself. He's like, I was like, why should I talk about this? It's my matter that everyone else is like. I never really told people about it because like I didn't want people to worry about me. Like I didn't want people to call me every day and be like, Kelly, you okay? Like you good? Like you want me to come over? Like yeah. I was so like I don't want to get people's attention. I don't like being centered attention. So I just kept it myself. And yeah. Like that was before the podcast started. So I was like, I was like, uh, then I got on medication and what was it, April of last year? And so after last year and after when I got on medication, I became like better after that. Like daddy, things of depression are all gone now. So I'm luckily I still deal with anxiety and depression, but now I'm just kind of all free now, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you're feeling better. I know that it, I don't think the pandemic was good for anyone, um, but definitely like that feeling of isolation is definitely justified. Like I don't doubt that it was extremely, extremely hard, um, but I'm glad that you're feeling better, which is awesome. And I'm sure the podcast even helped a little bit because you get to meet a ton of different people um, and share your story, which is awesome. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people benefit from hearing your story too. No, thank I was so very much. bold of you to share. Thanks so much. So like, as we're kind of talking about this, what is advice for kind of younger generations that would be in the industry one day or just are trying to like, are kind of in the industry, but wanting to be big in the industry? Yeah. Um, kind of, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> um, it's not easy. It's not linear. Um, it's, it's not for the faint of heart. It's definitely, um, and even, even like, just be sure that um, like you can keep that soft heart and, and keep empathy and love. Um, but sometimes you have to develop a thick skin um, because you will be told no. There are gonna be people that aren't very kind to deal with, um, but you just gotta keep pushing through. Like if this is something that you really, really wanna do and like in your heart of hearts, you want to do it, um, it's worth it. It's worth every single no. It's worth, um, it's worth fighting for. And just remind yourself when you're down or you're thinking about like, ugh, I have an audition at two in the morning that I need to turn around by six in the morning. Remind yourself why you're doing it. <laughs> for sure. Um, it's you can't you can't do it for the money. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, you can't do it for the money. You got to do it for the people you, that. You get to work with it for the messages that you tell for for any number of reasons but um really just keep cracking at it um it could be a year it could be five years it could be 20 years i don't know but it'll be definitely be worth it yeah for sure like even like when i started this whole thing i always felt like i'm not gonna get big i want to be big like i want to be an investor i want to be big like that's yeah. always like my dreams being big, being like be friends, like all my dreams come true. I want to be friends with my favorite people, like my, all my idols and everything. And that yeah. could be, that's a whole nother story I can tell on yeah. a different episode. But um, like when I first started, like I got no's when I asked you to come on the podcast. I got no's and it was hard. Like that's yeah. how you kind of cool it. Like, like everyone has to do a no's in their life. And I mm -hmm. like kind of dealt with this. I went on and got more no's. 
And so even if it's something that I really want, I, I had to deal with this so bad. Like it's hard, really difficult, but like you have to get through yeah. it. Like that's really the big part of industries that you have to deal with notes. Mm-hmm. So notes are just a very important, but also very kind of hurtful, I'll say. Right. And I think it shows the resilience of a creative that not a lot of people see. Because mm-hmm. um, I think one and a lot of um, creatives can agree that one of the hardest questions to hear is like, oh, like, have you done or talked to anybody that I know? Well, like, we're, we're always pushing for that, of course. Um, and we're, but we're always working. We're always doing something behind the scenes. We're always sending emails out. We're always reaching for the next job, for the next interview, for the next audition. Um, so just because we haven't hit whatever spotlight somebody expects us to meet doesn't mean that we haven't we're not doing wonderful things um Mm -hmm. and i think that's something really important to note is just because you're not um like hitting jimmy kimmel doesn't mean that you're not freaking incredible and that you're not doing amazing amazing things and working super duper hard um take stock of every single thing that you're doing and be really really proud of what you're doing um, because that counts. Every, th- every single little thing that you're doing for your craft right now matters later on. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree. Like everything you do is important. Not maybe that for other people, but for yourself, like your <laughs> mental health and what makes you happy is the most important. And yeah. my goal, like my, always my dream is like my top goal for myself is to be on Ellen Pompeo's podcast. Tell me with Ellen Pompeo. That's my biggest dream. I had no idea she had a podcast. What? <laughs> she started last year. You didn't know that? No, but see, you know more about Grey's than I do at that point, at this point. Yeah, so. she started last year. She just came out with an episode today, actually. Wow. She comes out okay. with a, a, a I need to get <laughs> Yeah, she came out an episode today with Debbie Allen. Oh, <gasps> no. What a queen. And Debbie and Allen Eric, is another woman. She that had Patrick Dempsey and Eric Bain on as well. I'm speechless. I'm totally speechless. <laughs> yeah, it's my dream to be on it. Like, I just, like, I keep, like, texting them, like, can I please be on your podcast, please? I would love to. Yeah. Like, like, I literally text her every week or her, like, assistant, be like, can I come on Ellen's podcast, please? <laughs> I just want you to know that I'm here. <laughs> yeah, and whoever is in the industry that can, has connections to Ellen Pompeo, reach out to her and try to get me on the podcast, please, and thank you. We're putting out all the energy world yeah, <laughs> getting Kylie on this podcast. Yes, please do something for me. That's the only thing I want. So make this your account. Make this your account. <laughs> um, you are not only in front camera, but you're also behind camera on the AD department. Is that right? Yep. What is it like for you to experience working behind the scenes instead of being in front of camera? I, it's a little liberating. It's very, very different. I've tried to do both simultaneously. Horrible decision. Um, I um, Working AD is just a whole other beast. Um, there's a lot that goes in pre-production. Um, it's just a lot of organizing and um, essentially it's, it's almost like chaos management or like finding alternative options for like, okay, if this goes wrong, then here's up to plan Z 
in advance of what we can do um, and, and knowing that you have all these backup plans and being able to um, realize like, okay, I can reorganize shots in this day if this needs to happen, or I can remove these shots and um, having a really great connection and communication with your team. Um, it's really fun. Um, it's, it's very energizing and draining simultaneously. Um, acting is a lot of um, empathy and connecting with humans, which is also very um, energy draining and, and uh, rewarding, but um, ADing is just a whole other ball ballpark. <laughs> yeah. But um, like, what is like the hardest kind of part for you like to work in AD like most of the time? Like when you say, like, were you, did you say like, you worked behind a camera and you like did acting at the same kind of movie or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> um, what was so hard about ADing and acting is when you're acting, like you want to be thinking about your character. You want to be um, fully open to your other actor. You want to um, be relaxed. But then when you're ADing, you're also having to keep in mind, all right, this is where we are in the day. Like, okay, the setup is taking this long. We should be at this point in our day. All right, if we're running behind, what needs to happen for us to be able to stay on time? How much of a buffer do we have? How much money are we losing by blah, blah, blah? Um, do we have to order catering? Is the PA going to do this, this, and this? So you're, you're having to balance a lot of different hats, which takes away from your actor brain. Um, and, uh, and then your actor, like as an actor, you also have to think about like, where is the camera at? And then my AD brain turns on of like, okay, well, Gaff, like is, is Gaff setting up for the next shot and, and da 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 So there's just too many things going on in the brain mm -hmm. <laughs> for me to do a good job. Um, and it was extremely stressful. And I think, um, that was on the set of Thanksgiving with Ricky Jordan. Love him. Best, uh, I, I love that man. Um, but I want to say about, that was a three-day shoot? Um, second day, we upped my PA uh, to AD um, because I told Ricky, like, we're done. <laughs> I, we're not doing that anymore. We're, I, I'm going to AD for the pre-production, and, and this first day I'll maybe touch it, but we're, we're done. Um, we're going to actually have an AD on set that's not going to be me. So, yeah, learned my lesson very quickly. <laughs> You're like, okay, this is enough. I can't deal with this. Okay, I'm switching over. Right, right. Like, I'm <laughs> it a person was... that can't handle too much stress. Like, I can't do too many things at once. Like, I, I hate it. Right. And my brain already has, like, way too many things going on simultaneously that is very hard for me to just boil down and focus on one thing at once. So when I have a job that's telling me to just multitask, it's just chaos. <laughs> it's pure chaos. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So you played Ali, Mamma Mia, is that right? In the theater production? Mm-hmm. Like, what was that process like for you to play that role in the theater? Um, so Ali, Ali was fun. <laughs> um, I guess getting up into the role, um, just like at any traditional musical theater process, um, you have um, like your your acting calls, you do a monologue, you sing. Um, I don't believe there was actually a dance call for that audition. I can't remember. Um, that was a while ago. Jeez. Um, usually there's a dance call, um, but we, um, I think we had about like three months of rehearsals 
in the evenings. Um, it was a community theater and um, the whole process is just really fun. You get to collaborate with a whole bunch of different creatives, um, creating your backstories. And Allie was um, Sophie's best friend in yeah. Mamma Mia. So yeah. she's getting married and we decided that Allie is the irresponsible friend, <laughs> which is the best part is Allie's kind of a nondescript character in the show. So, um, and then she has her two best friends. So I was the irresponsible one, um, which was just really fun. We got to ham it up, bring up all these backstories, some secrets about the characters, um, how they ended up there, how they feel about each other. Um, and really just run with it day after day, um, actually producing the show. Um, the great thing about theater is you react out of, off of each other in real time and it's all in off of the actual audience. So every show is just a little bit different. Um, and it's, it's so, so fun. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm just remembering the cast. Um, all the dads were just hilarious. Uh, I loved, I loved all of them. <laughs> yeah. It was, a, it's a really fun show. Um, and the girls, um, like everyone, the three girls that we had, um, and all the girls of the show, like we all got pretty close in the dressing room. We had like belting sessions as before warm ups and singing Disney and stuff like that. Um, that's a fun thing about musicals is you have so much rehearsal time and show time that you get to get close. Unlike film, that you don't get to rehearse, you just go into it. And the time that you get close to each other is if you have a long shoot and it's thirty days. That's when you get to get to know each other very well. Yeah, for sure. Like I like it means like when acting, when you're acting here, it's like okay, you're doing this, like do whatever you want. And so like there's not a lot of people that bond over really, like since like it's a very kind of quick period of like mm -hmm. rehearsing or taping. And Mama Mia was is a movie that me and my mom watched together a lot. Mama Mia oh. is one of my all time favorite movies. I and beloved Amanda Seyfried. I I don't mm -hmm. know if I said it right, but she played Sophie and Mama Mia. I'm obsessed mm -hmm. with her. And she's amazing. Like the whole cast, like no one played it better than casting Mama Mia. Like Meryl Streep, like oh, she's not Meryl Streep can do no wrong. I love, <laughs> I love a lot of the work that she's done. Me too. She's amazing. Did you get, um hear about um Betty White a couple days ago? Oh, too soon, too soon. I did. I actually, I was heading to a gig and I arrived. I'd been on the road for like five hours and I arrived at the hotel and they're like, oh yeah, by the way. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't need to hear about this right now. <laughs> I was devastated. I but, was so upset. It was, mm -hmm. She was literally going to turn 100 in a couple of weeks. And I was so looking forward to the way she's, I love her, the proposal, like she's amazing. I was going to bring up the proposal when they uh, faked, I, well, I think her name was Gammy. They called her Gammy. Yeah, Gammy, yeah. When they faked Gammy's death, I was like, whoa, <laughs> rude, don't do that. <laughs> and yeah, then here we are. Like, did a little catcher, like, trying to get people worried and just make a little laugh out of it. Right, right. And it happened with my friend. You gotta be kidding me right now, Betty Bunny, <laughs> of all people right she's definitely left a legacy for everyone to hold on to yeah for sure she's left like a lot of things on me i can't hope to carry on with her legacy yeah. and everything but um the final question for the interview is what is your auditioning for a character like when you're auditioning for a character how do you get into the mindset of the character the character when it's like a horror character like it's like very like dark and how do you usually get into those type of characters 
Um, so it really depends on the audition, uh, the character, how much time I have. Um, so it, I pull, I've been really fortunate enough. Um, that was something that COVID gave me the blessing of that um, I've actually been able to go into a lot of technique classes and build my actor's toolbox. Um, and so I really pull a lot from like the Meisner technique um, viewpoints is more of a physical technique um, and just a lot of different um, techniques that help me get into different emotional states. Um, and if one's not working, then I pull from another. Um, and I, I think really what helps me the most um, is defining what my character needs in the scene, um, what her objective is. Um, and then it really, for me, boils down to just connecting to who, who I'm reading with um, and reacting off of them. Um, I'm definitely somebody that will, I'll do my preparation if I really have the time, um, but I find that a lot of my best stuff, uh, like I feel most confident and most grounded when I just get to be with somebody um, yeah. and get to, inter you know, it, just have a real interaction. Um, so if I have the time, I love to go through, um, my beats and a whole backstory and, and, you know, just really flesh out a character and who she is. But, um, if all I get is a cold read and I just get to look into somebody's eyes and talk to them, that's just, that I, that's enough grounding for me, um, to pull what I need. Yeah, for sure. I have the same exact way. Like whenever I'm nervous, I always need someone to talk to to get my mind off. It makes me calm down. Like mm -hmm. these, I always when I'm doing these podcasts, I always like I just I want to do these every single day. Like I just love doing this. Love talking yeah. to all these people and everything. I just can't get enough of it. I can literally do ten interviews in one day. I don't care. Yeah, it's just, it gives you so much energy because you get to pour into somebody else and then they pour back into you and just the the energy flow is just wonderful <laughs> yeah exactly so i just want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast it means so much i'm so happy to have you on the podcast it was so great talking to you and thanks so much again little bethley speaks soon for sure thanks so much again thank you so much kylie it's so nice to meet you it's so nice to meet you too thanks so much of course bye